Hey y'all, in today's podcast journey, we're going to head on into the second book of Samuel. And again, we touched on this before, but the books of Samuel were written as one story, but they ended up split into two different books because simply the scrolls ran out of room. The scrolls were only so long that they wrote all these words on and they ran out of room. So they had to start a second scroll. And in our Bibles, it's written as the second book of Samuel. And we have Saul, who was killed in the battle, and three of his sons were also killed in the battle between the Philistines and the Israelites. The Philistines attacked the Israelites, and Saul and his three three of his boys were killed in the process. And David is unaware of this yet, and he is not yet king, because Saul was chosen and anointed as the first king of Israel, and... David respected that and honored that, even though he was privately anointed as the next king of Israel, he's not reigning as king yet. In chapter 1, verse 1, on that note, we'll go ahead and see what happens next in this journey. After the death of Saul, David returned from his victory over the Amicalites and spent two days in Ziglag. And remember, the the Amicalites attacked the city that David and his people were residing in and stole all of their wives and children and plundered all their belongings. And David asked God, should we go and get our our wives and our children and our things back? And God said, yes. And God gave him victory over the Amicalites. And they were able to retrieve all of their belongings, their wives, their children, everything was restored. So he just came back from that victory. And and we'll continue in verse two. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's army camp. He had torn his clothes and put dirt on his head to show that he was in mourning. He fell to the ground before David in deep respect. And David is well known in his character and integrity go before him. And it was about 90 miles to approximately 90 miles from where the war was that Saul had passed away and to where David was. In verse 3, where have you come from, David asked. I escaped from the Israelite camp, the man replied. What happened, David demanded. Tell me how the battle went. The man replied, our entire army fled from the battle. Many of the men are dead, and Saul and his son Jonathan are also dead. How do you know that Saul and Jonathan are dead, David demanded of the young man. The man answered, I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, and there was Saul leaning on a spear, with enemy chariots and charioteers closing in on him. When he turned and saw me, he cried out for me to come to him. How can I help? I asked him. He responded, Who are you? I am an Amalekite, he told him. Then he begged me, Come over here and put me out of my misery, for I am in terrible pain and want to die. So I killed him, the Amalekite told David, for I knew he couldn't live. Then I took his crown and his armband, and I have brought them here to you, my lord. So a couple things here. This was an Amalekite, the very people that had plundered through and burned the town that David was residing in and stole all their wives and children. And then he just went and retrieved them back and had victory over them. Now this Amalekite who was in the war with Saul, happens upon Saul and his three sons. And he sees, when we do know back in chapter 31, that Saul did lean on his sword because he wanted to take his own life rather than have him be, himself be tortured among the enemy. So he took his sword and he fell on it, it says in chapter 31. 
It doesn't say anything else. And from this side of the story, this man is saying that he saw him leaning on the sword and he it happened upon him and he begged, he begged this man to put him out of his misery because he was in terrible pain and wanted to die. So he, he says that he begged me, come over here and put me out of my misery for I'm in terrible pain and I want to die. That's what he says happened. And we don't know that that didn't happen. There's nothing in scripture that says that didn't happen. It's just, this is what he's telling David had happened. Um, we know that Saul leaned on his sword and killed himself, but there's nothing else mentioned about this. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means that it wasn't mentioned in chapter 31. We don't know for sure. We do know that the Amicalites were not great character of people in general. We don't know about this person individually, but we know that they were generally deemed the enemy. But we also know that he has great respect for David. He knows who David is, and he's bringing this news to David, trying to gain favor from David and, and, and show David respect. He thought he was doing David a favor. And the king, Saul, he would have had his, his crown and his arm band in battle because they often did that in this day so that they would be recognized among their own people as the king and leader of their people. And he, he knew, he says, so I killed him, the Amicalite told David, for I knew he couldn't live. Then I took his crown and his armband and I brought them here to you, my Lord. So he knew that David would likely going to be the, the next king. That that had already been discussed among the people and that fact had been obviously spread throughout the nations and he thought he was doing something honorable. He likely knew that Saul and David were enemies in a sense and that Saul was out to try to kill David. So he thinks he's doing these things as a favor to David and to try to earn um, favor from David in return. And in verse 11, David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow. And when they heard, when they heard this news, they mourned and wept and fasted all day for Saul and his son, Jonathan, and for the Lord's army and the nation of Israel, because they had died by the sword that day. So David shows great integrity. He's showing respect and honor for the king, as well as Jonathan. Remember, David and Jonathan were very best friends. They had a bonded relationship under a covenant witnessed by God himself. In verse 13, then David said to the young man who brought who, sorry, then David said to the young man who had brought the news, where are you from? And he replied, I am a foreigner and am a who lives in your land. Why were you not afraid to kill the Lord's anointed one? David asked. So again, he, well, he's very God-centered. He brings the center right back to God. This was the Lord's anointed one. He was anointed as king of the Israelites. He never calls Saul his enemy ever. Even though Saul was out to try to murder David, he never once refers to Saul as his enemy. He always refers to him as God's anointed one. And he knows that God had appointed him as the king, the very first king of Israel. And he respects and honors that. In verse 15, then David said to one of his men, kill him. So the man thrust his sword into the Amicalite and killed him. You have condemned yourself, David said, for you yourself confessed that you killed the Lord's anointed one. So David still saw Saul as God's anointed one as the king of Israel. He saw that in respect of the fact that Saul was the first king and he, he had great respect for that. And 
will continue in verse 17. Then David composed a funeral song for Saul and Jonathan, and he commanded that it be taught to the people of Judah. It is known as the Song of the Bow, and it is recorded in the book of Jasher. And so now he's also a teacher, and he's going to teach the song to generations. And the book of Jasher is a well-known Hebrew book, and he shows fierce loyalty to his king and to other believers as well. And, and he, he shows that again, that respect and, uh, yeah, we'll continue on in verse 19 with the song of the bow. And this is a real personal, poetic and emotionally charged scripture. You think his best friend died and the very first king of Israel in verse 19, your pride and joy, O Israel, lies dead on the hills. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Don't announce the news in Gath. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice and the pagans will laugh in triumph. O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor fruitful fields producing offerings of grain. For there the, field, the shields of the mighty heroes was defiled. The shield of Saul will no longer be anointed with oil. The bow of Jonathan was powerful, and the sword of Saul did its mighty work. They shed blood of their enemies and pierced the bodies of mighty heroes. How beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan. They were together in life and in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O women of Israel, weep for Saul. For he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing, in garments decorated with gold. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies on the hills. I'm sorry. Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother, Jonathan. How much I loved you. And your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Stripped of their weapons, they lie dead. So he honors both Jonathan and Saul, and he honors them in every single way that he knows. And he, he knows true friendship in Jonathan, and he mourns the loss of that. And this is a national tragedy. The king is dead. And David truly shows his heart and his passion. And, and Saul was an enemy of David. He tried to kill David, but he never once speaks of that. And he shows love for his enemy Saul. He shows nothing but love and respect and honor. And just like Jesus, he he taught us to love our enemies and show respect and honor. And we're set apart. We're to live different as people who follow Christ. We're to look different than the people that we live around in this fallen, very broken world. And Saul he was anointed by God as the very first king, and he chose to not submit or repent to God. So he ended up falling away. But David wants all of Israel to remember that God had appointed Saul as the king, and that he was the first king of Israel. And he was, again, he showed that fierce loyalty and honor as the respected king of Israel. And again, that's how we look as Christ followers, we look different than the people around us. There was no condemnation. There was no griping and complaining and gossiping and slander. Nothing was seen 
that came out of David's mouth in that regard to Saul. He was always very considerate of what God wanted him to do, and he was very humble and followed the leading of what God wanted to do in regards to Saul. Even though that Saul, even though Saul was trying to murder him, he still showed that over-the-top respect and honor for Saul as the king. And now even in death, he shows that respect and honor to Saul, the king, who is now passed on in this national tragedy. So we'll continue on in chapter two tomorrow. Hope you all having a wonderful day.